Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue-chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for distinct discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely uncover the details and expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates who are running for office. We also discuss the developments and the milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the Pravda propaganda fake news media. And I want to start out the show by thanking again all of our listeners for tuning into The Point. Uh, you tune in every week and we appreciate it. We, we know you're tuning in because you're, you obviously trust what we're telling you and we appreciate that. You've made us your guiding light in times of political upheaval and turmoil like this Chinese plague and this government shutdown and all the other nonsense we've got going on in our world right now, all the turmoil and disruption. And we will unpack the truth and continue to unpack the truth in a way that does pack a punch. So we're here for you. Thanks again for, for being with us. I want to jump right into this a little bit. And I, I want to get into the uh, the vindication of, of Michael Flynn and, and truth that, that, that has now come out, the truth at last that has come out. Now, the Department of Justice recently dropped their case against Flynn. The newly discovered documents, well, they reveal there was no evidence and never was any evidence. And quite possibly, they reveal that there was an attempted coup in all of this. Why? Because I say that because there was no criminal evidence or counterintelligence investigation that was going on at all. Therefore, there was no reason for the interview in the first place. And I want to make sure we're clear on that. The FBI should not have interviewed Flynn. They should not have gotten into it. There was no predicate for it. Why? Because there was no counterintelligence investigation or, or any reason whatsoever or any criminal investigation or anything to conduct the interview or the interrogation in the first place. Now, so even if there was a misrepresentation or a mistake made on the facts, wittingly or unwittingly, okay, it is not material. Therefore, there is no crime. And the reason I say it's not material is because, again, there was no criminal investigation or counterintelligence investigation going on. So anything that was said by Flynn would not have been material at all. And I, I want to I point that out because we had the Sultan of Sinister a few weeks ago on, uh, on his Sunday morning talk show on uh, Fox News. It was uh, Chris Wallace made the comment. He was asking, he said, why would Trump even think about bringing Flynn back? The guy lied to the FBI. Well, again, I want to point out to Mr. Wallace that that any misrepresentation of any of the facts, either wittingly or even unwittingly, wittingly or unwittingly, is not material. So there was never any crime, and there was no crime. Therefore, he is innocent, and he was innocent when they interviewed him, and he's innocent today, okay? He, he has been and always was innocent. There, there was never any collusion other than the House Democrats and the D.C. Pravda propaganda media. That's the only collusion we saw. There was never any evidentiary basis for the FBI interrogation of Michael Flynn, the FISA warrants, 
or for that matter, the interrogation of Carter Page and the interrogation of George Papadopoulos, Paul Manafort, or anybody. There was never any evidentiary basis for going after Trump for anything at all, ever. See, we're vindicated here on this show because we've been saying this for so long, and others as well, other people like Hannity and others, I mean, they, they were out there all the time saying this. Look, Flynn knew. He knew where the proverbial bodies were buried from the Obama, Biden, Brennan, Clapper, and Comey deep state activities. He was there. So he knows where where the where where the cover-ups took place. You know, things like the Iran deal. Or how about the trading of uh, the Crimea to Russia for a player to be named later. Oh, and yeah, the, the turnover the turnover of Libya to a bunch of terrorists. How about that one? Look, the, the bodies from the turnover of America's foreign policy interests to the enemies of this country. Now, now Flynn knew where those bodies were. He knew exactly where they were. You see, Clapper, Comey, and Brennan, they all stated behind closed doors and under oath that there was never any empirical evidence of Russia collusion. They went from behind those closed doors, they went from the sworn testimony to the fake news channels, stating there was evidence, mountains of evidence. The walls were closing in. You see, they all lied on national television, posing as fake experts on the fake news. The Pravda propaganda networks, they all knew this, folks. They all knew this, and therefore, they're guilty of this treason as well. It's funny, you watch them at these uh, press conferences now, they're all wearing masks. I mean, they weren't wearing masks at these press conferences. They weren't wearing masks the entire time they were doing press conferences. So Trump has the press conferences outside. He has them outside in the grass and the wind and the sun and in the spring breeze, if you will, in Washington. And they're still wearing those masks now. Now they're wearing masks and they're wearing them outside because they're looking to make a point. They're looking, they're looking to entrench the fear in everybody. They're looking to try to show that, you know, there's really still something out there that everyone needs to be afraid of. They weren't wearing those masks before, but now all of a sudden they're wearing them. Why? Why are they wearing masks now during the press conferences when they weren't doing it for so long? Why? All of a sudden they're wearing them. Folks, it's all a part of a shell game, a Coney Island shell game, a sham. They've been a pro- they've been doing this sham. They've been running a sham, if you will, <clears throat> a Coney Island shell game, if you will, for the entire time Trump's been a president trying to show Trump up in some one way or shape or form. They've been out to get Trump, and they're all part of it. But what a shock. <clears throat> We're seeing these people. We're seeing... You know, we're seeing Clapper, Comey, Brennan, and, and everybody else, you know. We're seeing him on the fake news lying. We see Adam Shifty on the fake news lying. Oh, there's a mountain of evidence. Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Nadler, and all these nuts, all these Marxist nuts. They're all out there lying. I have a good friend of mine that was on a school board with me. He said, 
I'm always amazed, but I'm never surprised. But, I mean, let's face it. The liars, leakers, and liberals all lied on the fake news. Let's, let's cut the comedy. We're not surprised there, okay? We're not surprised. We're not surprised. So look, this is the deep state, and they're all lying to the public. They railroaded people. They changed documents, and they did everything in their power to do damage to this country and to our president. This is treason, folks. This is what this is. They all declared proof of Russian collusion. Every day for two and a half years, March 22nd, 2019, happy, no collusion, happy, no obstruction. These people need to be prosecuted for deliberately lying to the public. These news agencies need to lose their licenses because all they are, all they are are activist agencies trying to promote a narrative. These people are bad. They're dirty and they're corrupt. Make no mistake about it. <clears throat> They've caused major damage to domestic health and foreign relations. Damage. I mean, we've lost ground here, folks. We can never get back, ever. And they're continuing the fake news even now. I mean, right now they're still doing it. Look, the mainstream fake news, Pravda media, is really not media. We've said this on the on the point here before. How do you know if it's media? How do you know if they're pursuing a profit or if they're just an activist mouthpiece? I mean, how do you know that? Well, if they're not pursuing a profit, they must be the other. They must be an activist mouthpiece because they're not pursuing a profit. They're not after the scoop. I mean, CNN gets scooped on their own story. CNN had... Tara Reid's mother call in on Larry King Live. They had it on video. They had this all over the place. And they conveniently lost the video. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. They got scooped on their own story. They, why? I mean, how do you do that? How do you get, I mean, is that even possible? How do you get scooped on your own story? Well, <laughs> because you're not a news agency looking for the scoop, looking for a profit. You are instead an activist organization trying to hide, trying to obfuscate from the public. You are truly an enemy of the people trying to obfuscate the truth from the people. That's who these activists are. They're not journalists. As Sean Hadley said back in 2009, the day of journalism is in fact dead, has been dead for some time now. And CNN is uh, no longer on life support. They are truly underground. Uh, they they have not had a pulse for some time. You know, they're not media folks. They disguise themselves as journalists, but they're not. They claim the work they're doing is journalism, but it isn't. It's activism. It's activism, folks. Just stop and think for a minute. It's all activism. I mean, when you look at what occurred to Flynn and to to Trump and the Papadopoulos and all and Carter Page and, 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 and all these people and the and the phony Russian collusion sham, as well as the impeachment sham. I mean, when you look at our government and our political class and the crimes that took place by these people, by the bureaucracy, by the deep state, even by foreign countries, then you understand how could they have gotten away with this? I had a conversation with somebody I I, uh, I know. 
And he said, you know, why do you keep saying a deep state? I mean, there's no such thing as a deep state. What's the evidence of a deep state? What are the, what's the evidence of a deep state? I said, well, if you want evidence of a deep state, look no further than the dossier itself, the phony dossier. They could never have come up with that without a deep state, nor could they have used it as evidence <laughs> to get FISA warrants and, and justify interrogations and whatnot because it was a trash bunch of bunch of trash. It was just a bunch of lies and and yet they, it was totally uncorroborated. Nothing in it was true, but they still used it. Only a deep state could have gotten away with that. Look, the crimes are so massive that we can't even possibly get our mind around it at all. We can't understand it. We can't even comprehend. We don't know what to do about it. Look, the more the fake news, the more the, the Pravda media, the more they go after this, the more they... The more they, they proceed the way they're proceeding, we see a real live glimpse and we get a full, I mean, your honor, this is the evidence that we have and the, and the prosecution is going to rest. They are guilty of a coup attempt. The prosecution rests, your honor. That is our case. Folks, this was in a, this whole attempt at a coup was hatched in Obama's Oval, Oval Office. I mean, let's cut the comedy here. It was hatched in his Oval Office with Biden at the helm with it all. I mean, he was with Obama. I mean, the media was simply, they were played. And I, I, what's amazing is they weren't upset about it. Well, if they're not upset about being played, then you got to ask the question. They were obviously okay with it then. I mean, you can only come to that conclusion. I mean, I mean, you had... Obama's people doing anything they wanted to do and nobody was reporting anything. Remember Libya? They're out for a stroll. You know, they were out for a stroll and a riot broke out. I mean, let's cut the comedy here, folks. This this is all a sham. But we gotta ask ourselves, <clears throat> how does how does the prob to propaganda news agencies, the, the alleged news agencies, still have anyone watching? Well, they do. They still have several million people who have bought into the twisted notion that America first is racist, xenophobic, or any other ism or phobic that you can think of. You still have millions of people that believe this, that, that look upon our country as a bunch of oppressors and whatnot. You see, folks, statistically about, oh, I mean, I see it from legitimate polling. I remember seeing there was about 60% of this country See, it does not trust what they get from the news media anymore. They don't see the news media as reliable. Now, that's pretty significant, but that's still at least 40% that I guess see it as okay or acceptable. See, I think they, they're okay. I mean, I guess they find it acceptable that CBS, after using pictures of an Italian hospital or misrepresenting it as a New York City hospital with COVID problems, you know, they want to show the carnage in an Italian hospital. So they, they, they take those photographs and they <clears throat> they represent them as a New York City hospital. And then they retract and say, oops, we made a mistake. So you have millions of people that are okay with the apology. We just watched NBC on Meet the Depressed with Chuck, with Chuck U. Todd. And he was on Meet the Depressed with, uh, with uh, uh, Noon, Peggy Noonan. No, no, not Peggy. It was, yeah, Peggy Noonan. She was a former speechwriter for Nixon. And he was on with her 
And basically, he took Barr's comments on the CBS interview that Barr did on CBS, and he took that comment, and he took like a handful of words off the comment, clip, 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 and they put it out there, and they showed it to Peggy Noonan, and Peggy Noonan looked at it, and, and basically, it looked like Barr was kind of mocking and laughing and saying, well, you can't do anything, and if we win the election, I guess, he's trying to make it look like you can't do anything because we're in charge, and I guess and, unless you win the election, you won't be able to do anything. I, I They were trying to make that they were trying to make that that inference, if you will, uh, with no facts or corroboration. They simply took a, a a a statement and they 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 basically cut it here and cut it there so they could package it for the American public. That happened to be the handful of people that were watching Meet the Depressed. And uh, Peggy, of course, I guess she got played by it. She had to be upset because it was a misrepresented statement. But, you know, she's not a big Trump fan, so maybe she doesn't really care either. You know, I guess some of these people have lost their they've lost their 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 own self. Well, their own self-esteem, if you will. They don't really care anymore. But I mean, NBC did that. And then what did they do? They later came back and said, oh, we're sorry. We shouldn't have done that. I mean, NBC News, remember the same news agency that edited the Trayvon Martin tape? Remember that? They edited that. They tried to make it look like he said something that was racist on the phone to 911. When in fact, it, they edited the tape to make it sound that way. They actually doctored it. Oh, and they fired somebody. You know, and then they apologized. And like that fixes everything. But you see, for objective people like, well, like you and I, because you because you're listening to the show and I because, well, I'm, I feel like I am objective. I would not watch those eight, those news channels any longer as news channels i would watch them with the anticipation of some slanted story coming out at you or some lie or something being misrepresented in some way i mean again they go on with retractions i guess people are okay with retractions apologies and excuses i mean i mean they're willing to overlook the deliberate the deliberate obfuscation of, of the facts and the news. We, however, we on the point, that's you and me, and, and we on the point, we're not willing to overlook this malpractice, this media malpractice, are we? No, that's why we take the time to call it out, because that's exactly what it is, media malpractice. And they do it every day. Just think about it, folks. This isn't media. It isn't journalism. It isn't anything you think it is. It exists for one reason, and that's to advance the cause of wherever it is that's controlling the Democrat Party and, of course, the organizations that control these outlets, because it's all part of the same corrupt, you know, people. I mean, who are they? I mean, who are they? I don't know, George Soros types? I, I really don't know. But there is a lot of money in back of all this. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. A lot of people with investments in the, uh, you know, investments in uh, in climate change industry, the industry of climate change, which has completely went kaplowy when Trump came in. Why? Because Trump made fuel more affordable. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, he 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 got rid of the regulations that handcuffed American fuel creation and extraction. America is now the biggest oil and gas exporter in the world. 
or maybe produce it's the producer i'm sorry producer in the world not exporter producer i mean how did that happen well that was because of donald trump donald trump made us a major player in the fossil fuel industry we are now a major player our economy has benefited from this and we've had we've had elements in this country that were holding this back for how many years how many years i mean they they've made they made creating fuel and the efficient, uh, effective fuel creation in this country, they made it everything short of an actual crime. I mean, the the hoops that these companies get pushed through. I mean, the costs, the abject, I mean, the utter inflated costs that, that we had to go through. Now we don't. And now we're a major player in the industry, in the, in the fossil fuel industry. That's because of Donald Trump. So we are thwarting their attempt because part of of their plan, if you will, is to make this country reject effective, efficient energy and accept inefficient, ineffective energy. I mean, you would think, how, how is that even possible? How could we ever get an entire nation to reject effective energy? efficient energy in place of and, and then take on ineffective inefficient energy how could we ever get people to do that folks they do it by indoctrinating our youth in the schools by getting everyone to believe that this world is coming to an end okay they get everyone to believe that we're going miami's going to be underwater they get everyone to believe that every problem that exists on the planet can, can be traced back, okay, to man-caused climate change. Now, we have climate change. It's, it's a product of, of God's creation, but it's not man-caused. We can't affect the weather, but, but they've convinced people that they can affect, the, that man can affect the weather. And I think what's really compelling on all this and distinct is I can remember back in my life when it was a joke. When I would, when, when it was a joke for someone to say, what do you, I mean, what do you think I'm able to do? I can't, I can't change the weather. What can I do here? It used to be part of a, a statement, a sarcastic response to somebody when, when they asked you about, you know, well, well, why is the weather? Well, what do you expect me to do? I can't change the weather. Well, we've actually convinced an entire generation that the weather can be affected by man-caused activity. It's, I mean, this is part of it. I mean, you've got people, they believe it. And, and it doesn't even matter if in 20 years they still look back and they don't see any part of this world that is underwater that wasn't underwater 20 years prior. It wouldn't matter. They'd still believe it because it's in their DNA to believe it. But whatever, it's an industry, okay? Whatever, the, whatever cause that they're trying to advance, again, it could be could be socialism, communism, fascism, Marxism. I mean, whatever it is, it's 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 really geared around the very central theme, mission of making our country less than it is, of taking our country down economically so that other countries can surpass us economically. And as we've talked about on our show here, in weeks past, the measure of any success of any civilization in the history of man has been determined that the extent of that success has been determined by 
by the size and, and the wealth of the economy of that nation, of that civilization. So when you take an economy and you and you cut it down and you allow other people to surpass us, you have now made them, well, the, 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 the superpower over you. I mean, you've given them the leeway that they need to take over. You put yourself in a mercy. Folks, we're in a race that we cannot lose. And the Democrats, the globalists, the Make China Great Again Democrats, they want us in that race, running a foot race, missing three toes on our right foot. That's what they want to do. That's insane. It's twisted. But they only want that because they believe that this country is inherently oppressive and just an accident in, in, in history. Okay? They do anything required to destroy, I mean, to destroy, I mean, the, 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 to go after the people that call that out. You know, the, the enemies, if you will, of globalism are America first people, Trump and his supporters. This is the big deal. This is where, this is where a lot of, not all of it, but this is the, the true believers, if you will, of Trump derangement syndrome, not the ones that kind of got, kind of got caught up in the hype, but the true believers of Trump derangement syndrome, if you will, the truly infected. Well, I mean, they see America first policies as a genuine threat to their globalist socialist ideas. They do, because they understand that the middle class, a strong middle class, is what makes this country great. Is 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 the is the what makes I should say the economy great. And they have to destroy that middle class. And they have it right now, they have it in the palm of their hand. <clears throat> I mean, this pandemic that's out there, the the reopening of all these states and so forth. You see it right here in Pennsylvania. I mean, they're they're telling everyone so late in the game that masks are so important. We're watching the prop the propaganda activists that are doing the interviews with the president at the press conferences, they're all wearing masks now that they never were before. Why? Because they have to reinforce the notion that we got to be wearing masks. It's all reinforcing that twisted notion. They're trying to, to reinforce the fear that they're, they're trying to keep the, the flames going, the embers going. They're waving. They're blowing on them, trying to keep them going. That's the whole idea of wearing the masks. You got to realize, and you got to look too at, at the at the Confucius Institutes that are in our universities right now, and the sympathizer the sympathizers to to communism that are in our universities, and we're now seeing the American media siding with the communists and the socialists. Oh, and by the way, the Democrats, because that's exactly where they're all at. They are make China great again globalists, and they want the world they. They want globalism to be a reality because that means that they can surpass us economically. If we go on with an America first policy and America first trade deals, if we go on with America first energy policies, if we go on with America first environmental policies, if we go on with America first regul regulatory policies, if we go on with America first in mind, 
They will never catch us. Our system is the greatest that God ever gave man. They'll never catch us, and they know it. So in order for them to do that, they have to get the people in this country to want to want in some twisted way to come up with some some demented viewpoint of America that they say, well, I think it's okay because we've been, I mean, it's all right to let somebody else pass us. It's, it's, it's okay. I mean, just ask Rome how that went with Attila the Hun. Ask the Roman leaders that were giving Attila the Hun all that gold every year. It was okay. I mean, you know, they're barbarians. They don't have what we have. They're not as sophisticated as we are, not as smart and educated. Look, just give them some gold and send them on their way. Well, they did that for years until Attila the Hun finally came in and said, now you've made me the richest country. I can surpass you militarily. And they literally went in there and sacked and burned Rome. Just ask the Roman emperors, ask the Roman civilization, obviously, when you're in heaven someday, you can ask those people that were in Rome back then and ask them what happened. <laughs> but you can see what happened. Look, the Democrat response is so outrageous. They're still clinging to the sham. They're still clinging to the sham. You know, this collusion hoax. This was all perpetrated by the Democrats with the help of the propaganda activists. I mean, they attempted to advance the sham of obstruction of justice, Russian collusion, anything else they could. They all attempted to, they did, they, they all, they all attempted to get this to go. To perpetrate the lie that Trump and his people were Russian agents. That's what they were trying to do. I mean, then they went at it again with the, remember with the impeachment, you know, the phone call between Trump and the Ukrainian president. I mean, the Democrats couldn't even convince the, all the Democrats of the sham. Why? Because without proof, you can't prove anything, really. They failed miserably to perpetuate the sham and now want to blame Bill Barr and our attorney general because they have nothing else left to do. I don't want to miss that, folks. Don't miss it. And as far as the media response, it's nothing short of the Coney Island shell game. As we mentioned, what, what Chuck, Chuck Utah did on Meet the Depressed, he obfuscated the facts. We mentioned that earlier in his interview there with Peggy Noonan. She was the unsuspecting phony expert. I mean, they later, they later admitted to the mistake. Oh, gee, it was a mistake. Well, it was deliberate, folks. It wasn't a mistake. That's just the facts. There are no serious attempts to get, to get the story right anymore. There really isn't. There's no serious attempts to do any of this. And I think it's Unbelievable. I mean, even to this day, they're not trying to get to the bottom of what happened. And they're releasing these documents. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But nothing is raising the, the journalistic interest and curiosity in these people. Why? Because they're not journalists. They're activists. 
I mean, they actually seem to hate Trump more than they seem to hate communism. And I think that's an important thing to distinctive point to make. And it's evident by their refusing to rally around Trump and get to the bottom of what happened in Wuhan. I mean, they're not trying to do that. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, the business model of the media, as I stated, is not to make a profit. It was to get Trump. It was to promote their activism. It was never about getting the scoop and selling advertising. Never. I mean, for two plus years, we watched phony experts, Brennan, Clapper, Comey and others state that the walls were closing in. And we watched Schiff and others on national television declare they had a mountain of evidence against Trump and others. They were saying this on the media, but behind closed doors, they were saying, oh, there is no evidence. No, there's never anything. I mean, they've been out there lying to the public. And we've been saying this here on The Point now for 18 months. We've been out front on this, saying this. And I mean, I feel like we're vindicated. I feel like we've been on top of this. I mean, these fake experts and these Democrats were all lying. And Schiff was lying all along. Natalie was lying all along. Pelosi was lying all alone, all along. Comey, Clapper, and Brennan, they were lying all along, every one of them. I mean, we know, we know that McCabe and the Justice Department never tried to corroborate the Steele dossier. We know that. Why? Because it wasn't, it wasn't provable. It was phony. They knew it. And after they got the FISA warrants, then they said, oh, let's, let's try to corroborate it. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all phony. We can't corroborate this. They overlooked the fact, and the media seems to overlook the fact that the purpose of the dossier was to get the warrants, the FISA warrants. Once they got the FISA warrants, it could come out and say later, oh, there wasn't corroborate. They already had the warrants, but they didn't stop the investigation. They didn't stop the interrogations. They didn't stop any of that. The Steele dossier was a source for nothing other than the DNC and the FISA warrants. That was it. And it was basically funded by the DNC and laundered through a law firm. That's just the facts, folks. The media ran with the sham that the deep state and the Democrats perpetrated. The Obama Justice Department got caught. The Democrats got caught. And the fake news got caught. And now we even found out about when Obama knew about Flynn's call with Kislyak. I think what's interesting on all of that was Sally Yates went in to brief the president. Now, now she was like the the deputy attorney general or whatever. She was she was like a she was high up in the AG's office. So she goes in to brief Obama on the phone call that Flynn had with the Russian ambassador Kislyak. So she goes in to brief him. They all sit down in the room, and Obama starts talking about the call. And Sally Yates was like, "Wow, how did he know about this?" Well, you can only come to one conclusion. He was in. He, he had to be in on it. I mean, who else told him about it? I mean, they were all in on it. Clapper was in on it. Comey was in on it. Brennan was in on it. Mueller was in on it. They were all in on it. I believe Mueller 
was in on it to, to the extent that he was willing to overlook it. Mueller was willing to be played as a Democrat pawn. That's what makes him that that to me that that is his that's his big sin there. But Pelosi was in on it. Schiff was in on it. We know Biden was in on it. We know that too. They were all in on it, folks. They were all in on it. They were all in on the coup attempt. They were all dead that it was made by the deep state. And now everybody that was involved in it, well, they're all coming out. See, the national intelligence has declassified a whole bunch of documents relating to the witnesses, the hearings, and all of that that was held by the House Intel Committee. All those, you know, all those documents that Schiff kept claiming was a mountain of evidence. They told Schiff he can release the documents. But he's not releasing the documents. And you got to ask yourself, why isn't he not releasing the documents? Why? Because Schiff, all along, well, he was a capo for for Pelosi's ma- mafia family. I mean, he he he, you know, he he was one of her lieutenants all along. Adam Schiff released the documents, release them now, so that the American people, American people, and your constituents, Adam Schiff, can see you for the shifty guy you really are and the liar you are. Release them now, Adam Schiff. We call on you to do that right here on The Point. I mean, there's others calling on him now. I think this is going to hurt him in his re-election chances. I, I just do. I think you're going to see a lot of disgusted people in his district um, that either will not come out and vote or will not vote for him. But he's going to lose a lot of support. And I think a lot of this, I think the, the Democrats in California, they all know they're going to lose a lot of these seats. So now we've got the governor, Governor uh, Governor Newsom out there in California. He's the Marxist Newsom. He's out there now. Uh, Marxist Newsom's telling everybody we're going to have mandatory vote by mail. They want vote harvesting everywhere in California to give those to give those liberals the best possible chance at, at winning another corrupt election. I mean, he's not going to release the documents. Shift has no no desire to release them. Why? Well, let's take a look at that. What would the documents actually show if he was to release them? I mean, what are these documents? The whole bunch of them. I think it was like 54, 55 documents there. What are they going to provide? Well, they're going to provide evidence-based proof that Schiff and Pelosi and political motives, what their motives were all along. It's going to show that these people were politically charged on all of this. Never, It was never about the truth. It was never about the facts. It was always about political motives, taking Trump out. Those documents are going to show that. Because they're going to show that there was nothing there. So everyone's going to ask, well, why were you in on it? Well, because they had political motives. Answer, political motives. Well, what else are those documents going to show? Well, the documents are going to provide evidence-based proof that Schiff and Pelosi were all lying all along. So now here you got them. They're based on political motives is why they were doing what they were doing. But now the documents are going to show that they were lying when they knew the truth all along. It's like trying to get us to believe in, you know, in, in something that isn't real, like the tooth fairy. 
I mean, it truly is disgusting. I mean, I, I'm amazed that they, they, they would go this far. The documents are also going to provide evidence-based proof that the deep state does in fact exist. And there was an attempt to create this, this coup attempt on Trump by using this whole deep, uh, this whole Russian collusion nonsense. I mean, it's going to show that and they know this. It's going to show that, that Trump's political campaign and Flynn and Carter Page and Papadopoulos and others, they were all spied on. This is going to reveal that, that they, the deep state of Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden actually justified spying on Trump's political campaign. The documents that are, that the national intelligence has authorized Schiff to release, that everyone's calling on Schiff to release, those documents are going to show that. They're going to provide evidence-based proof of a deep state crime that would make Watergate look like child's play, folks, and that's the truth. I mean, these documents may provide the impetus to go after those deep state players and imprison their players and, and, and go after these people. Because it may give the political desire, if you will, to go after some of these people. When you see the to, to what level of wrongdoing they're guilty of. Look, the documents are going to provide evidence-based proof that Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden were both in on this from the beginning against Flynn. They're going to show that. And as we stated, they're going to provide proof that the FBI lied to the FISA court to get these, to get the warrants. See, the documents are going to show that Clapper, Susan Rice, Samantha Powers, and others stated under oath that there is no evidence of Russian collusion. But then these same people went on the fake news and lied and said there was a mountain of evidence that allowed fake experts to falsely accuse Trump, Flynn, and others of being Russian spies. They know this. That's why Schiff doesn't want to release the documents. They got caught, and they know it. They know they're going to be seen as all lying to the country for nearly three years and putting this country through a complete horror show, trying to overthrow an election. They're going to see this. Politically, it's going to be very damaging to them. That's why the fake news isn't doing a whole lot of covering on it. They don't want to show it. But they can't get past it, folks. They can't get past it. You know, they they know that Schiff completely lied, and they're, and, and they're going to see this, and they know that he's going to have political problems over this. Look, the country suffered through this sham while Trump was suffering through this. Okay, when you know while while Trump was suffering through this process because the president and his staff were furnishing documents and providing themselves in testimony, they were all all these distractions. We, as I stated, we lost ground and foreign policy will never get back. Trump's entire first term was spent fighting off these attacks and phoning investigations. You know, I'm going to ask you, I mean, what, what, what do you think would happen 
What do you think would happen if we if we had to uh, if we had a scenario like oh I don't know back in when Roosevelt was running the country back in World War II? You know, it's very similar because the Republicans ran the House. They didn't run the Senate, but they ran the House back then. And of course, the Democrats had the Senate and the presidency. Well, what about what if that what if the that batch of Republicans who ran the House during World War II? What if they attempted to undermine Roosevelt? When Roosevelt was attempting to to put, you know, to, to fight a war against Italy, Japan and Hitler. I wonder how that would look if the Republican speaker attempted to, to run a coup attempt against Roosevelt while while all the world was going to, to pot around us. I think maybe history would have been would have been a little different. I can assure you they'd probably be speaking German in parts of Europe today. You know, folks, I want you to understand something. You know, just on a side note, this is what these people understand. There's over 89 million Republicans in this country. And yes, there is over 98 million Democrats. But make no mistake about it. Make no mistake, 64% of 89 million is larger than 57 or 56% of 98 million. And they know that if you have a, a much more energized Republican base, not only are they energized, but they're very excited about voting for their president, like 92% of them, then they know that when you bring out like 64% of 89 million, it's actually going to be a higher number than 56% of 98 million. They know that. I mean, they know it. <laughs> okay. And then when you, and just sheer numbers. And then because Trump is doing better with Republicans than Biden is doing with Democrats, I mean, like 92 percent with Republicans Trump is doing and Biden might be in the mid 80s with Democrats. I mean, they know that when you break that out in actual math based on the actual numbers that turn out, that Republicans will likely be up by about four or five million votes. They know this. They're not stupid. They've lost this election before it even got started. And all you have left is the, the independents of, you know, 47 or so million independents out there that will likely come out at 50 to 55 percent. I mean, quite honestly, Trump could get 46 percent of those and still end up with enough to win. I mean, he doesn't have to get even 50 percent of them. He could get 45, 46 and still win based on the numbers. And they know that they're going to lose this election, folks. They know this. OK, so. It's like when you ask the question, why did Hitler do what Hitler did? Why did Hitler do the Battle of the Bulge? Why did he take a suffering nation like Germany, who'd already suffered through this war? They'd already suffered through the Holocaust and, and the injustices they've done to, to, the, to the Jewish nation in, in Israel, all those Jewish people. I mean, they already suffered through all that evil that went on in Germany. These people were going through all kinds of suffering. Now they're going through a war. They couldn't even get basic needs at their house. They're, they're, they had allied planes flying overhead. I mean, this was not that. This was not what they expected. They knew that the Allies would be in, in Berlin. Hitler knew this. So why didn't he just work out some surrender plan? Why did he go to the Battle of the Bulge? Because he's a profane, evil, vile person. 
And when he knew he was going to lose, he wanted to make sure that he inflicted enough pain and suffering on the people around him. That's what this was all about. That's what profane, evil people do. They want to make sure everyone around them, the collateral damage is real, and they take out as many people as they can with it. So he did the Battle of the Bulls to punish his troops, the loyal troops that were still left, the ones that failed him in, in battles, in which case, obviously, cost him the war. He saw this with his own twisted his own, you know, his own twisted reasoning. He he rationale that uh, that his troops cost him the war, his leaders cost him the war. So why don't I put them all in the battle of bulge? This he knew he wasn't going to win the war. He knew it was all over for him. So why didn't he just surrender? Don't miss that, folks. I don't want you to miss that. I I think that's a that's very very compelling, and I think it's it's something I want you to understand because as our listeners need to realize what what happened. And what happens to, um, you know, why do people do what they do? What's their biggest motive on all of this? I mean, you got to realize it was less than a year after Gettysburg, Lee surrendered. I mean, the, the South knew they had lost that war. They knew it. And I, I think, uh, you know, we have to look at it, you know, when did all that take place? And I think when you look at it, you realize you know, it, it's just an amazing phenomenon. Now, it wasn't, I'm sorry, I said it was less than a year, but it was a, it was about a year and a half, maybe a little longer than that. But, but the bottom line is, when Lee surrendered, he did so because he realized he didn't want to inflict any more pain on the South. They watched what happened. After Gettysburg, things went downhill real fast. They knew they couldn't win. Well, the Battle of the Bulge, but, you know, that was a different scenario in the sense that Hitler realized, and he he was going to lose, and he just took out as many people as he could. This is what the devil does. I mean, you know, when the devil was thrown out of heaven, obviously his whole his whole battle against mankind is because he wants to go after God's creation because God wants to protect his creation. And the devil went after it in the Garden of Eden, and, and obviously we, we know all that. But evil, profane people want to take as many people out as they can in the end. The Democrats know they have no chance at winning this. They have no chance at all of pulling this off. They know this. All they have left is the, well, is these economic shutdowns around the country right here in Pennsylvania. We got Larry Moe and Curley leading the state in Pennsylvania right now. I mean, how much you got incompetent, more incompetent, really badly incompetent running the state right now, making decisions. I mean, you know, you've got a very, uh, uh, you got an aloof governor who's absolutely out of touch with all reality. You have a fifth dimensional character in Dr. Levin. And then you've got, you know, you've got your, your, your absent-minded pothead in our Lieutenant governor. And quite honestly, they're all making decisions as to what's the right process and procedure to reopen, you know, hair salons and small businesses everywhere, restaurants, factories, retailers, jobs. I mean, how do we get the people working? Well, well, let's leave it up to these Larry Moe and Curly to figure it out. I mean, folks, this is insane. We need leadership in Harrisburg. We need our county commissioners to step up and do the right thing. I mean, these Democrats have nothing else. They've already lost the election. They know this. This plague did not take anything out of Trump's, no wind out of Trump's sails at all. They've all seen this. They know that when the bitter end does come down the pike, you're going to watch Comey, Clapper, Strzok, and others, and Brennan 
They're all going to be looking at possible criminal charges. They know this. I mean, they know that the hammer hasn't even fallen on this yet. I mean, this extraordinarily serious misconduct has been exposed. They know this. I mean, who's going to be fired? Who's going to lose their law licenses? And who's going to be criminally indicted? This, these are the questions the Democrats are asking. And, you know, how is Trump going to handle his next four years? The Democrats and Joe Biden are asking themselves, how is Trump going to handle his next four years as president? As he's still going to go after Joe Biden. Son, they're all wondering. They don't have a clue. They know they can't win the election. So here they are at the press conferences wearing their masks, their last gasping breath in trying to keep this virus, prolong this virus threat and scare and fear and keep it going as long as possible. I mean, this is nefarious, folks. That's what they're doing. Look, this is crystal clear misconduct. The bottom line, what happened to what happened to Trump, Michael Flynn, and I mean, in, in all, you know, in Papadopoulos and Carter Page and all those was clear, crystal clear criminal misconduct by by the prosecutors. The question of who is policing the police or who's even policing the DOJ. I mean, these are questions that you're going to see answered in, in the in the weeks ahead. I mean, what they what the FBI did with respect to Michael Flynn was they set out under the pretense of getting Flynn to lie under oath. That was their plan. Now, we all know that this is this is kind of normal where legal precedent exists. However, folks, as I stated earlier, this is different because this investigation of Flynn was not was 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 already basically concluded. They knew this. All right, there was no other criminal investigation or counterintelligence. We already saw that. I already discussed that earlier in the show. Look, they had the transcript of the call between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. They knew what was on the call. I mean, they had it in writing. They had it written notes. They knew what it was all about. So what were they trying to do here with Flynn? I mean, this is really compelling. We're going to find out who knew what and when. The FBI needs to, to make certain that their agents are, are not entrapping innocent people going forward. I mean, Flynn's a war hero, and he served for 33 years, and he was targeted by these people. But as I stated before, just getting back to the governors, and, and, this, and we're going to talk you know, on our next show on The Watchmen, Annette and I are going to be talking about this Pennsylvania government shutdown, this economic shutdown in Pennsylvania and other states that are refusing to open up. And we're going to discuss the motives as to why these people are doing what they're doing. Is it truly a lack of leadership? I mean, do we really have a lack of leadership or do we just have people that want to make China great again and they hate Trump so much that they're willing to sacrifice all the lives in Pennsylvania, all the all the families' investments all across the state and their businesses, they're making these people, they're sacrificing their lives, their businesses, and everything. Everything they poured their lives into, these people are it's at stake because of these Larry, Moe, and Curly. And I really think it's very scary. But we're going to see people like county commissioners, like we're seeing all around the state now. These county commissioners are rising up saying, not in my county. Not in my county, folks. And that's the thing that we 
can hope for. And this will be fought. This will definitely be fought in the courts. It will come down to the courts. But we'll be getting into that in our show, The Watchmen, later on today. I don't want to get too much over my skis on that right now. We're going to get a net with us in a little bit. But I do want to finish up here talking about what Trump has been able to do, and even during this Chinese plague, as I said before, what he has been able to do and how he has coordinated with all 50 governors at an unprecedented level never seen before, and how he's coordinated the great and productive partnerships with the private sector to have the the buildup of all these PPEs and the other essential equipment that we use every day to support our country during this crisis or any future crises. I mean, he's, I mean, putting all politics aside, Trump was able to work with these governors and he threw enormous resources into their states. I mean, we saw Cuomo the pious in New York. We saw Newsom the stuffed shirt in California and Murphy the smug in New Jersey. We've seen them all. We've seen them all out there praising Trump, giving Trump credit for, for Trump's response to their needs and their requests. I mean, let's, that's, that's a reality, folks. Trump was able to put politics aside. He was able to do what the deep state players are not able to do, and that's to put politics aside. He's actually able to do what, what we see other governors in other states not able to do while they're keeping their states locked down. They're keeping their states locked down because they truly want an economic collapse. Folks, we got to reopen our economy now. I mean, the people that are looking to prolong this shutdown, they're not thinking about health, folks. Like I said to you before, the people that are wearing masks, including the media, I mean, if I was there, I'd like to ask them, why are you guys all wearing masks? And let them all say, well, because we're told. So do you believe masks will make you safe? And if anybody says masks will make you safe, then let's open up the economy. Then my answer would be, let's open up the economy and let everyone wear masks. The fact is, they know masks don't make you safe. They just kind of give you a sense of security. Or in the media's case, they, they put out there in these press conferences their desire to, well, to wear a mask and to continue to perpetuate this this lie that this that we're in some some massive pandemic that's with the effects are still out there. I mean, we need to be the, the, this thing is winding down and we need to cut the comedy and get back to work. It is winding down. Look, like Lincoln during the Civil War, Trump is offering a plan for bringing our country together, a sort of 100 year America first plan. OK. And I think what we're seeing is America is getting a front row seat as to what these Marxist leaders actually look like. And we're, they're seeing it firsthand what these Marxist leaders are, what they're all alike. Okay. What would Joe Biden be like? Well, he'd be a lot like Tom Wolf here in Pennsylvania. Aloof, out of touch, and without a clue. Well, folks, we are out of time. And tune in later for us uh, here on The Watchmen because uh, we'll be getting to more on Tom Wolf. More on Larry Moe and Curly. So tune in later as we get to that. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in because we do appreciate you tuning in and listening to us this morning. Tune in every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL at 7 a.m. 
for this distinct discussion. Some of our audience listens to the point live at 11awfyl.com during normal airtime. They simply go there and click listen live. Others go to YouTube and search 1180WFYL at YouTube, and there's a click, there's a listen live button there that you can hit and listen live. Some just listen to us live while they're in the listening area. However you choose, and some listen to us on the podcast. Okay, however you choose to listen to us, folks, we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.